is episode 159 of Shades Midweek. This is a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. My name is Joe Mark DeRoe. I'm one of the three hosts of Shades Midweek, and I'm joined as usual by Senior Pastor Jonathan Hafes and Executive Pastor Brad Brown. It is a Wednesday. It is the month of May. May is here. Cinco de Mayo is this Friday. I'm just going to keep listing things. The end of school oh, is coming up. Star Wars Day is tomorrow, John Mark. How would yeah, you miss May that? The, May the 4th. So, yeah, yeah. Man, it's been, uh, we've had unusually good weather for the end of April, beginning of May. That like, was going to be my small talk, was oh, the weather. Yeah, I know, because we're all old, apparently. Great minds. <laughs> this is what we have to Love talk Love this about. weather. <laughs> I wish we could open. I, here's a here's a building goal I have at Shades. I wish we could open the windows. That feels cheap, you know. Yeah. Like I'm sure it's a million dollars away. <laughs> you know, maybe we could just <laughs> knock this wall out and replace it with garage doors, Ooh, and we could like on, a restaurant on nice days. We could record the podcast with the open air with I'm the garage doors I'm open. All about it. I though, love that. Though this particular side of the building will just be staring at someone's backyard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That will be yeah, kind of strange. Yeah, not the most scenic. We'll plant some trees. We'll build a wall or something. Oh, my word. Well, anybody got anything particular going on in their world they would like to talk about? Uh, Brad, how's how's the baby? Well, EA, she's growing up. <laughs> she got her driver's license. <laughs> she really is. I really get why everyone's like, oh, they grow up so quick, don't they? Yeah. And it's like, oh, my gosh, they do. Like, she's now sitting up, mm-hmm. and she'll sit kind of Indian style, and she's able to sit up, and it's, it's a little... It's crisscross applesauce, bro. Crisscross applesauce, you excuse me. politically correct. Yeah. The, the correct terminology, <laughs> I apologize. For to any, all Native Americans. To any offense that I caused. Um, but, yeah, so she'll, she's sitting up, and she's a little wobbly, but... That's awesome. She's sipping water out of a straw. Uh, it's seven months. My word. Big things are in her future. I think she's brilliant. <laughs> That's my just gut feeling. It's your current assessment. That's my current assessment. I love it. So oh, that's good. I've officially graduated from IWU. Hey, there's the news. With a master's in clinical mental health counseling. Do you feel like a, a member of the Honor Society? And uh, graduated with a 4.0. And I don't say that to brag. I say that to name a strength in a humble way that I can celebrate. All glory to God. Fantastic. There's a backstory. It's an inside joke. I was about to say. I was like, I don't know that we have the time to explain why (laughs) that's funny. Which don't work on podcasts, but (laughs) I just went for it. So, yes, a huge relief. Past two and a half years. Mm. And it's, it's finished. Well, so, congratulations, sir. Thank you. Thank you. It's a big accomplishment. It is. It's absolutely wonderful. Yeah. John Mark, anything significant, noteworthy, or interesting? Today was bike to school day at Moses School. So, there was a giant crowd of children from kindergarten through fifth grade. This sounds like a horrible idea. <laughs> Somehow they made it to school okay, and no one got injured. That's great. Uh, but, yeah, it, it when you is get there. Like, is this like a fundraiser? Like, why? When you get to the church parking lot where we met at, it feels like a giant cluster. Like, oh, my goodness, what is about to happen? There are, you know, 100 kids here all with their bikes. 
how is this going to work? But they do it in a very organized and systematic way, and we uh, had a lot of fun. So Moses rode to school today on his bike, and then he's going to ride back to the spot today. So a little extra responsibility on him. Let's hope he makes it. You know what I think? <laughs> you know, there you go, buddy. <laughs> Let's hope he makes it on time. He's going to ride with some just, friends. Just get out there with the cars. I we'll, think we'll see. There's there's a nice yeah. path. There's a walking path down Bluff Park on that on that main strip where the school is. So, uh, but yeah, just a little extra responsibility. It'll be good. Let's see how he does. He'll learn. You yeah. know, I was gonna go on this little Yoan Hari things. He talks about kids having freedom and how much freedom kids can have, and right. he can. He talks about that, but I'm not gonna talk about that. The yeah. other thing I was Please gonna say is I think my up. my personal hell would be the person that has to plan that event. <laughs> That would be my job. Here's the idea. Okay. I need you to execute it. Work through the details. So, the, but uh, apparently they did it really well. So, congratulations to whoever the, that is. The I'm Hoover, very impressed. The Hoover High School mountain biking team was there, too, to, like, help with the organization and, like, oh. kind of help with the kids. Did mountain biking is a big kid, deal. Hoover has every team imaginable. Well, mountain biking is a big deal. I know someone who uh, their child just signed with a college. Like, you know how in football you pick the hat or basketball? Wow. Like, they did it for mountain biking. Wow. Well, things I didn't know existed until now. I know. It, with I feel like there's just been a lot of increase in clubs and activities and all these things in schools now. They're, these kids today, they don't know what they got. Right. Well, two things I want to mention before we move on. Number one, last week I tinkered with a new setting on our podcast software that allows me to break down the episode into chapters. And I did that for some reason. Uh, if you just listen to the podcast through Spotify, at least on my end, the chapters were not showing up, but confirmed with Jonathan, the podcast app that he uses, which is what? The podcast app I use is called Overcast. Overcast. That's uh, a famous it, one. That's like a pretty well-known one, I feel like. I, I think so, but yeah. it, it also, I, I really like it. It's got lots of customizable tools that are, are really great. And it worked for you. It, yeah, totally. It was very right. it, it was very super convenient. Uh, very super convenient. I, I don't, don't know, know what if, just happened with I the don't, English language. don't know if it worked Makes on Apple, Apple Podcasts or not. That's it did. What I, I'm checking. It did. It, okay. did. it was not, I didn't feel like it was as intuitive as okay. Overcast, but it did work and was also very super convenient okay. there as well. Yeah, yes. um, for sure. I noticed, you, you I noticed how long Bradford's book club segment lasted right, when right. I broke it into chapters. It wasn't should, me. You should make this chapter <laughs> the chapter about chapters. <laughs> would be amazing um <laughs> yes but anyway so yeah no super awesome feature yeah. the, i loved it the second thing i wanted to mention is that we are having a birmingham barons night for svcc on may 30th i may believe 30th. that's correct that it's a tuesday it's a tuesday, tuesday night. night it's the day after memorial day the first pitch is at 705 p.m it is Two dollar Tuesdays, so nachos, popcorn, and hot dogs, I believe, are, will all be two dollars. It's seven dollars to get in with our group rate. You have to sign up and pay here at Shades in the back of the sanctuary, so make sure you do that. Pretty much any Sunday now through, let's say, the twenty first, uh, because we'll probably have our tickets on the twenty eighth. Be handing those out. Uh, but yeah, we would love to see you all there. We've done this now. How many years have we done this? I At least no. I think this is the third twenty fifth year. year. <laughs> yeah, the thirtieth year anniversary of yeah. Barons Nights for SVC. Nights always a hit. It's going to be awesome. Oh, so my word. come hang out with us. Yeah, catch some baseball. 
speaking of how many years we've done things, sorry, I'm just going to throw this out there randomly. I don't know if y'all noticed this. Uh, on Sunday, uh, when Park Stalkup was sharing something, at some point she said something about Shades being almost 30 years old. And I was like, Park, we're, we are. we're almost 32. <laughs> yeah. uh, we had a massive 30th anniversary <laughs> celebration a couple of years ago. She'll oh, never, she'll never forget flies. it. I know. She'll I lo- never forget I, it. I loved it. It was, it was apparently pretty memorable when we did that. <laughs> oh, man. Time anyway. Flies. Well, guys, in my life, uh, I recently made a very important purchase. <laughs> um, because for those who, who don't know, I am turning 40 years old later this year. 40 and years young, Jonathan. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I am crossing over. I can see the clubhouse. I'm headed for the back nine, as they say. And uh, anyway, I thought I would have accomplished a lot more. Thinking about you in retirement is kind of horrifying. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to build houses. You're going to do something. (laughs) I feel like your hobbies are just going to get out of control. I'm wondering what's behind that. We're going to have to talk (laughs) about that later, Brad. Anyway, um, open up a taekwondo studio or something. Can you see that, John Mark? Yeah, wood. I mean, there's woodworking. You got oh that God. on the table. There's fishing. There's uh, bow. Didn't you go through a bow hunting phase or archery like or something? <laughs> Whatever that was. I feel like he's going to get a bow. Uh, vinyl records, uh, taekwondo. What else? What else is Jonathan into that he's got? I mean, just so We're many just things. scratching the surface. I mean, that's barely, that's like seven things. I know. I mean. There's at least a hundred. This is this is one of the problems of being an enneagram Camping. of being an enneagram four. I'm constantly trying on identities. I'm sorry I interrupted your your segment. Anyway, all I was gonna say uh, was that I've started playing the 40th birthday card a lot. Where like when, up, I, man. when I want to do something or, or there's something I want, I'm like I am turning 40 this year, Holly. Um, so recently uh, brought to my attention by my wife uh, was a concert. That is going to be happening later this year, closer to when I turn 40. And it's a concert of a band that I absolutely love. And before I give any more details, uh, I would like to do so by playing uh, something for you. Uh, as John Mark has graciously allowed me to take over his segment for the week. Oh, wow. One of my strengths is that I turned over the reins to my beloved segment to uh, my co-host that I love dearly uh, because I know that he would be excited to talk about this. There is so much humility associated with your strength, John Mark. It's powerful to hear you name that. (laughs) And I'm not doing it in a braggadocious sort of way. No. (laughs) I like you much more after hearing you say that. All right. Well, here we go. Let's let's do an album. JM's album. Jonathan's album of the week. <laughs> I, uh, I remember this song. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I chose this song off this album for two reasons. Wait for it. It's so good. <laughs> I chose this song for two reasons. Number one, uh, this was my favorite song on this album when it first came out. And number two, it's one of the lesser-known tracks off an album with many popular tracks. But you should know who it is right now. Yesterday is a wrinkle on your forehead. Didn't they play this song on TRL? They may have. I don't I, know. I wouldn't be shocked. Yesterday I didn't watch that trash TV, Brett. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, you should recognize 
the very unique vocal stylings of one John Foreman, the lead singer of Switchfoot. That would be his brother, Tim Foreman, banging out those low notes on the bass, on the intro there. Uh, Chad Butler playing the drums back there. This is also the first album in which their keyboardist, guitarist, Jerome, joined them. Ladies and gentlemen, this is from the album The Beautiful Letdown by Switchfoot, put out circa 2003, which you may be wondering, wow. why in the world would Jonathan be choosing an album from well, 2003? Well, if you can do simple math, this is the 20-year anniversary it of is. the said album. It wow. is, and they are specifically doing a 20th anniversary tour. Why would they do a 20th anniversary tour for this album, you might ask? Well, because this to make is, money. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is the album that put Switchfoot on the map on like a global scale. Um, they this is actually their fourth studio album. So I uh, have loved Switchfoot. They've been one of my primary musical influences, especially when I used to actually play music a lot, be in bands and such. Uh, but when I was in seventh grade, I was at the height of my Garage Band days where I was playing drums and getting every guitarist friend that I knew to play with me and stuff like that. My my best friend at the time, his name was Ian. Um, he, he was incredible, still is an incredible guitarist. Uh, but we would order music out of magazines. Like, I don't know if you remember, like, the Columbia Record Club. Yeah, I the, do. Yep. Okay, there were, like, Christian versions of that. Yeah, I oh, was yeah. on it at one point. Yeah, yeah so you could it. order. Wow. It, it would be this deal. You get this magazine, and you could pick, like, 15 albums and pay a penny per album as long as you committed to buy three albums at regular right. price over right. the next six months or whatever. Huh. And so you picked music based solely off of description. And, and there might be a, like, if you like these bands, then you might like this one. Oh, yeah. And so we chose, one of the bands we chose was Switchfoot, Legend of Chin, their original album. And I can I have vivid memories of laying on the floor in my bedroom uh, as a seventh grader, just listening to Legend of Chin over and over and over again. Uh, then they would put out New Way to Be Human in 1999. Then they would put out uh, Learning to Breathe in 2000, which I believe won a Grammy. But people still didn't know who they were until a movie called A Walk to Remember came out, featured a couple of Switchfoot songs in that. Mandy Moore. Yep, including Dare You to Move, which was yep. a hit off of this record, but many people don't know. It originally appeared as track number one on album three, Learning to Breathe. Mm. Anyway... Um, so, so yeah, they put out this album after that movie came out, and it blew up all over the place. So, so this was kind of like a breakout album for them. And so they're doing a 20th anniversary tour. On August the 26th of this year, they will be playing a concert at Avondale Brewery. They are playing this album top to bottom. So this will be the second song they play because it is the second track. The wow. first song they play is... Is that going to be the whole show? Like, are they just doing this album? So... I, they're going to play the whole That's album cool. start to finish. Um, I think they'll play more than that because that'll probably take about an hour. So I think that after they finish the album, they'll probably go on to play other things, but they are going to play the album start to finish. Most people would recognize track number one. John Mark, if you'll hit it, this is how the show will start. One of the most popular songs off the album, Meant to Live. Anyway, I absolutely love Switchfoot. I love this album. It's not my favorite album, but it is up there. Um, you should check it. There's probably still tickets left uh, to come to that show at Avondale. They're playing shows all over the place, so if you can't come to the one there, there's other 
opportunities. And they just dropped yesterday, they just dropped a bunch of merch that's specific for the tour. So I may or may not have already ordered the blue <laughs> vinyl. Um, apologies to my wife. Wow. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Well, you're turning 40, Jonathan. So that's right. That's right. Just, I'm just turning 40. Turning just 40. keep using that excuse. Feels right. Fun fact, I played that song in a high school talent show. Meant to Live? Yes, Meant to Live. It was the edgiest song that we had in the set. <laughs> Another song we played in a rock and roll version was Blessed Be the Name. So that's where I was at that point <laughs> in my life. That's awesome. I remember trying to learn Dare You to Move on acoustic guitar. That was a lot of fun because it was, well, I don't know. I actually don't know how to play it. But what I thought the right way to play it was just like these open E chords, which were a lot of fun to do back in the day. Oh, yeah, man. They were really easy, and it sounded really pretty. And then you could, you know, bring your guitar to class, you know, in between oh, yeah. class and show off in front of the girls. Oh, see, this is where, this is where our age discrepancy, our age difference is showing. <laughs> you boys were in high school. And meanwhile, I was getting engaged. That's that's where I was <laughs> Good in 2003. Um, but uh, Holly's going with me to the concert because Holly didn't listen to like any uh, of this kind of music uh, growing up. And so until we met, started dating, all that kind of stuff. And this album came out right before we got engaged. And so she listened to this album nonstop because I listened to the album nonstop. And so, yeah, really excited. Throwback. Really excited about going. Sorry that took so long, but... You asked me to talk about Switchfoot. It's going to take a while. Well, you know, there's some other bands that have done like similar tours where they celebrate, you know, the anniversary of an album. So, like, you two did this with Joshua Tree, and uh, all in Metallica has done this before with some albums as well. And everybody kind of does it differently. I'll be interested to see how Switchfoot does it. So, like, you two. They opened up their show with a few just kind of their their hits, and then they went it. Then they segued into Joshua Tree, and they played it in sequential order from front to the end. Or, and then they played some other songs at the end. Uh, Metallica, the way that they did some of their records w- that they were celebrating, is they would actually do it in reverse sequential order. Oh wow! Uh, so they would start at the end of the record and play to the first track so it'll be interesting to see what switchfoot does it will be because there's a deluxe version of the album too so i don't know if they'll play those extra tracks uh, off that deluxe version and wow um, confession um Mm -hmm. i may or may not have bought some special tickets (laughs) because it's my it's my 40th it's my 40th birthday Um, birthday. so uh we get to be there for the pre-show sound check uh so they're doing sound check but they're like doing a, a miniature set for the sound oh, check. wow um Maybe they're gonna cool. do a deep cut or something yeah so so i'm excited mm. excited about that man so i love it anyway there you go all right brad you've it. got one minute for bradford's <laughs> book club and 30 seconds yeah, of that is going to be taken up just by go the ahead so okay. just got it. yeah <laughs> brad we you got a book today we get it um I do. The book is by Alan Noble. Have either of y'all heard of Alan Noble? Yes. yes. Is this his book on uh, getting out of bed? On getting out of bed. <laughs> I've seen this coming out, and I was really excited about it. By Alan Noble. Alan Noble is, uh, he's got his PhD from Baylor University. He's Associate Prof of English at Oklahoma Baptist University. He's the co-founder. I didn't know this. He's the co-founder and editor-in-chief of Christ and Pop Culture. Have you all ever looked at that website? You can check it out. There's some good things on there. He's an advisor, didn't know this either, for the Ann campaign. Oh, there you go. 
Yeah. I think I was aware of that intersection, so that's cool. He's written for the Atlantic, Vox, BuzzFeed. I was like, I want to check out his BuzzFeed article now. They're, they're shutting down their news division. Did you hear that? I did not hear Buzz that. Feed. Anyway, sorry. Keep wow. going. Wow. Was it ever really news, though? I don't know, but keep going. <laughs> the Gospel Coalition. I mean, Alan Noble wrote for it, Sean Mark. <laughs> so he's, also, he's written a book that I think I've recommended before on Bradford's Book Club uh, called Disruptive Witness. And then he's got another one, You Are Not Your Own. And so... Very shortly, just to read from the preface, when someone asked him, why'd you write this book? He said, well, that's because I had trouble getting out of bed. <laughs> and I was like, Sounds well, like all the justification needed. You know, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, for the majority of people, sorrow, despair, anxiety, and mental illness are everyday experiences. While we've made tremendous advancements in therapy and psychiatry, the burden of living still comes down to the mundane choices that we each must make like the daily choice to get out of bed. In this deeply personal essay, Alan Noble considers the unique burden of everyday life in the modern world. Sometimes he writes the choice to carry on amidst great suffering, amidst great suffering, excuse me, to simply get out of bed is itself a powerful witness to the goodness of life and of God. So, working with college students, Alan Noble wanted to write this book because... He talks about meeting with students as an English professor and them talking about their struggles with mental illness and mental disorders and, and other issues. And as we've seen with this generation, statistically, there's been a massive increase in mental health issues. And we could have a whole series of podcasts on the why behind that. Fascinating conversation. But Alan writes personally, not as a counselor or a psychiatrist, but as someone who's suffer, suffered from mental illness, someone who struggled to get out of bed, and someone that meets with college students on a regular basis that do. And so I think you'll find this book that's a little more existentially driven, interesting, thought-provoking, and you might resonate with some of the things that he says. So check it out on Getting Out of Bed by Alan Noble, The Burden and Gift of Living. Man, boy, does that feel true. Mm, great recommendation. I'll have to check that out. That's awesome. Sweet. Beautiful. All right. Well, we don't have any emails this week. Last week, we started a series here on Shades Midweek. Uh, sometimes we do series, and uh, we're, we're talking about spiritual gifts. So last week, we talked about what are spiritual gifts. This was a conversation led by Jonathan, and Jonathan is going to take us into part two of this discussion. So what's what's today? Where, where are we headed today, yeah, sir? Yeah, so, you know... Last week, talking about what are spiritual gifts, how do I know what mine is, all of that kind of stuff. And, and if you missed last week, uh, I mean, go back and, and listen for the full details. But to catch you up, the easiest thing to say is that we talked about how a spiritual gift is a specific way the Holy Spirit empowers you for ministry within the body. Uh, the closest thing to a definition in Scripture is 1 Corinthians twelve seven: To each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So each person, a Christian has a way the Holy Spirit manifests, shows up in their lives to powerfully work for the purpose of building up the body of Christ, for the common good. So that's what a spiritual gift is. So today, we're talking about, like, what does it look like, like, on the ground for the Holy Spirit to empower gifts in us? So, in, in other words, uh, to put it succinctly, what are examples of spiritual gifts? Let's come down out of the clouds of kind of just talking theologically about what they are and all of that and, and get more a little bit nitty 
gritty? Can we see examples of what it looks like? So, uh, for instance, I'll, I'll put it this way. Uh, when we first started homeschooling our kiddos, uh, Karis did this math uh, program that was called Math UC. And it, it, it was trying to give, to make concrete what can sometimes be abstract. So you say, Karis, what's two plus two? And, you know, that's the concept of addition. And she doesn't even have a box for what that is or what it means. But you take two blocks and two other blocks and you bring them together and she's able to literally see, oh, here's two, here's two, you put them together, that makes four. I'm, I'm, I'm getting kind of this nitty-gritty, concrete example of what uh, addition is. So Scripture does that with spiritual gifts. So just kind of this broad, abstract concept of, hey, the Holy Spirit gifts each believer to minister to the body. Okay, okay great. Can I see that in a, in a way? Like, can you show me an example? What is it? What does it look like? And this is why Scripture gives us various lists of spiritual gifts. We talked about this last week. The lists that we're given in Scripture are not exhaustive, like, hey, here's every possible way the Holy Spirit can give people. No, they're examples to give us ideas, categories of thought um, that way more can fit into than just the lists. In Scripture, so, so so for instance, to return to the math example, uh, we give Karis the category of addition. Well, that contains a heck of a lot more than two plus two. You know, I hate math so much. <laughs> but but the point being, when she gets that category, well, now there's a whole world of stuff that fits into there. And so that's what Scripture's doing with these examples. Is it's giving us categories ways to think about how the Spirit might be at work uh, in and through believers to edify the body of Christ. And so they're not meant to limit us. They're actually meant to kind of open up a world uh, of how we might think through, pray through, see how the Spirit's at work in in our own lives. So here, here's what I want to do. Um, we're just going to be giving examples um, for the rest of the podcast. And the way we're going to do that is to walk through one of the lists. So we're going to walk through the list uh, from 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, we'll, we'll pull maybe from some of the others. And I'm not going to try and define each gift, quote unquote, in this list. I'm more trying to go, okay, when we look at these examples, what are the ways the Spirit is at work? What are the broad categories uh, of of examples that that Paul is is giving us here. So, all right, let me just start out by reading the list. First Corinthians twelve, verses seven to eleven. Here we go. To each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And now Paul's like, let me give you a bunch of examples. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. To another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Now, before everybody gets too excited, 
Let me go on and say. Or nervous, <laughs> depending upon your background. <laughs> Not going to talk about uh, prophecy and tongues and interpretation of tongues today. And that's not because we're trying to avoid them. That's because those specific gifts uh, have become so confusing to some and controversial to others that we want to take more time than we have this morning. So we will devote two more podcasts, one exclusively to tongues and one exclusively to prophecy. So we're not ignoring them. We're just going to set them to the side for a moment and focus on what we want to focus on today. I wish we could see how many people stop listening to the podcast <laughs> right there. Right there. <laughs> Can we get that stat for I the can't. future? Okay. Oh. Sorry. And they're like, well, I'll listen next week. <laughs> uh, so today we're just looking at ways, overarching categories that the spirit works through us. And, and I want to use um, a little bit, uh, I, I want to use a rubric for this, if you will. The rubric uh, that I want to use is that of the great commandment. So the great commandment is love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength. So those are four broad categories, and I think that they're helpful ways, like when we look at this list, I think they're helpful ways of thinking about uh, examples of how the Spirit might be at work in and through you. So let me just start with the first example. Uh, The Holy Spirit works through the mind. I think that one of the way, one of the broad categories of spiritual gifts we could give are gifts of the mind. We see that right at the beginning of this list. So once again, 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 8. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. So we get two things listed for us right here as examples. We utterance of wisdom and utterance of Knowledge. These things are not the exact same. Wisdom is uh, how to live wisely in accordance with God's word, like regardless of whatever your IQ is. You know, uh, knowledge uh, would be more like being able, that would have more to do with your IQ, it, it being able to explain uh, theology, the deep things of God, being able to uh, understand difficult texts. And people, don't always have these gifts uh, in common, like like at the at the same time. So, for instance, um, Brad, I don't know if you ever had this experience, but some of my seminary professors, uh, incredibly gifted with uh, knowledge and the ability to explain theological concepts, uh, and could not offer wise advice to someone in a dating relationship if they tried. You know, like yep, those that cannot do teach. <laughs> Well, you do learn that with some professors. And those that cannot teach, teach Jim, (laughs) to quote the great Jack Black from School of Rock. Anyway. um, Uh, But, yeah, that's a good example. Yeah, yeah. There's a kind of a a disconnect or maybe a, a discernment ability to bring it down to the ground that's just not there. Right, right. And so, but, but the point being, like, both of these things are examples of ways that the Spirit is at work gifting the body, and he's doing it. I think that we could understand these in categories of, of gifts of the mind. Uh, later on in the chapter, verse 28, Paul's going to mention teachers that the Spirit has gifted people to to teach. Now, there's a lot of crossover when we talk about wisdom, knowledge, teaching, all of these kinds of things, but, but all of these are, are people who are gifted to use their 
their mind. And, and at this juncture in our conversation right here, I want to pause for just a second and say, as we go through examples of spiritual gifts, there's a sense in which we have to recognize all Christians, to some extent, experience a lot of these different things, or are supposed to. So in other words, all Christians are going to have some level of wisdom to share, hopefully. They're going to have knowledge of, of God. All Christians, to some extent, are going to have a responsibility to teach. Even if you feel like you're the most unskilled teacher of all time, if, if you're a parent and you have children, you've got a responsibility to teach your kids. Um, if you're uh, single and you've got friends who are believers, you've got responsibilities to share uh, godly counsel with them and, and teach in those situations. Um, there, there's a sense in which when we talk about various w- spiritual gifts, um, there is a sense in which they have a wide application to lots of, of believers. But when we talk about uh, wisdom, not so much as like something that all believers should uh, experience and pray for and those kinds of things, but more as a spiritual gift, what we're talking about is someone being gifted and given by the Holy Spirit a special measure of wisdom. Or same thing with knowledge, or same thing with teaching. Yes, uh, all Christians have some responsibility to teach and share what they know. Uh, But when we talk about someone being gifted and having a spiritual gift of teaching, we're talking about the Holy Spirit shows up in a special way uh, in their life and works powerfully in that particular area. Does that make sense, what I'm trying to get at right there? Yeah, it totally makes sense. So... So to give like some examples of uh, this category that the Holy Spirit works through the mind, I think there's examples we see in Scripture. So, for instance, Solomon. Uh, Solomon was incredibly gifted with wisdom uh, and has passed that down to us, a ton of it we have through the Proverbs. Um, or we look at people like Priscilla and Aquila. Uh, these were people who were gifted with knowledge and teach. They pull aside Apollos. And train him more fully in the gospel. Apollos himself was someone who was a gifted teacher and communicator. I don't think we can just see examples of this in Scripture. I think we can see examples of this kind of gifting uh, today through people in our own lives. I don't know if you guys have people that you might want to mention. I already mentioned seminary professors um, that I had who had incredible gifts of knowledge. When I think about gifts of wisdom, I think about my mother. Um, who still speaks into my life uh, with a ton of wisdom. Mm. Either of you guys want to give any examples of people in your life who you think the Spirit shows up and works uh, through the mind as a, as a broad category? John Mark, why don't you go first? <laughs> Brad, I've already passed it to you off the mic. Well, both pointed at one another. <laughs> no. Y'all don't have to give examples. No, I mean, one of the things that was coming to mind for me was and this isn't necessarily a personal relationship. So this might be a little outside the bounds of what we're talking about in spiritual gifts in the body of Christ, but there is a sense in which there are certain writers and thinkers out there that have a spiritual discernment and an ability to speak into a situation that they approach it differently than the majority of articles or voices or approaches, even within the church. Yeah. And they're able to approach it in in such an angle that's different, but gives clarity to the situation and gives godly wisdom Mm. and gives perspective. And 
there's other people that say there's a an article or a situation that's like I'm struggling to think through this that I want to sit down and talk with. Hey, I'm I want to hear your thoughts about this political issue that Christians are debating about. Help me think through this. And there are individuals that can look at very complicated situations that have a lot of different layers and speak to it in a sense in like, wow, this is godly wisdom on this topic. It doesn't mean they answered everything, but it feels like they're revealing something that I was missing or, or hasn't been seen by others. Hmm. Um, I think to get into specific people might, might get some controversy, but, <laughs> but I certainly have individuals in, in my life and I'm very thankful for them. And one of the things I think sometimes we can beat ourselves up like, Oh, I'm not uh, like, I'm dumb. I can't get this or like, this is over my head, whatever. And I think another way to look at it is like, you know what? God has given certain people abilities to read like for great example, yesterday in worship planning, we're reading a book and it gets into philosophy and Jonathan's really good at breaking down philosophy. I really struggle with philosophy and understanding it and being able to explain it. And so I was just very honest and was like, hey, what is happening here? Can we break this down? And Jonathan did shame me a little bit, but <laughs> for the most part, it was very helpful in explaining it and breaking it down. And so I think if we can see that within the body of Christ, then we can stop beating ourselves up or self-loathing or even demeaning ourselves and rather acknowledge that we're not our own that we do belong to a body, and there are those that have certain abilities to to think, to break down, and to give a kind of a biblical, wise perspective on things. So, Yeah, when we're talking about wisdom and knowledge, and I'm going to speak broadly here within the context of SVCC, so I'm not going to name anyone individually, but I will say just at my time here at Shades, particularly uh, the last few years that I've been full-time, I've been able to participate in, in all of the elders' meetings that we have, and I would say that a number of the elders that have served here at Shades um, ha- have shown uh, these gifts, and you kind of see that within our our times that we have when we're having to talk about difficult uh, issues or matters uh, mm. within the church, and you and and that's part of why we have an elder board is so that we can have folks around us, around the pastoral staff that can provide wisdom and knowledge and see things a different way, see things, um, you know, things that we're, we may not be aware of or wouldn't think of it in, in that way. So Jonathan, (laughs) I thought Jonathan was going to bring up what Brad said a minute ago about shaming him. No, no, I, um, Thought he was still holding on to that. I was going to make a quip about it or something. No, I think no, uh, but the trajectory was positive <laughs> when I brought it. That was just the. I think I, I so I think that this is a category of thought that as you think about and are trying to discern, you know, how has the Spirit gifted me? Well, think about like has He gifted you in the way you use your mind? You know, the important thing with spiritual gifts is not being able to label it, not being able to put this, you know, tight thing. Oh, I have the gift of knowledge. Oh, I have the gift of wisdom. I have the gift of whatever. The important thing is just being able to recognize the way the spirit shows up in your life and use that to bless the body. And so this is one of those categories of thought where I I, want to encourage people. Does the Holy Spirit show up in your life through the way that you use your mind does the body of christ affirm 
that in in you. Because this is a way you can point to Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate source of wisdom. Jesus is the ultimate source of knowledge. He is the ultimate teacher. So when the Holy Spirit empowers our minds, it's it's to point to Jesus. So, yeah. The Holy Spirit not only, so that's just the first broad category, he, he not only works through the mind, um, but the second broad category I want to give is the heart. And obviously I'm using that metaphorically right here when we talk about the heart. We talk about like... Um, uh, kind of like a metaphor of like trust, if you will, is what I'm going for. Um, so 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 9 says, to another faith by the same spirit, a gift of faith, a gift of trust with all of your heart, if you think uh, right there. To love the Lord with all my heart means I'm trusting him with all of my heart. So once again, faith is something that we all have as Christians. But when we talk about it as a spiritual gift, we're talking about a special measure of faith. Like, Trusting in God for extraordinary work, a heart that extraordinarily rests in the Lord when others are restless. It helps those of us with anxious hearts. So uh, like like myself, uh, my, my heart can be so incredibly anxious. And when I find people who just have this rock solid faith and trust in the Lord, it calms my own heart heart. And man, you want to talk about like an important gift in the body of Christ for our time. Like, I mean, we live in an incredibly anxious age, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, I just think Christians who have this gift where their heart is at rest to use that in a way that encourages and comes alongside of others to point them to Christ. I, I, what a gift, Mm-hmm. Again, again, we said this last time, uh, a spiritual gift is not a gift that's primarily given to you, but through you. So a gift of faith, what a gift given through you to the body of Christ in the midst of an anxious age to calm hearts. Other mm-hmm. examples, I think, in Scripture of heart gifts, the category of heart, if you will, in, in Romans 12, in verse 8, we hear about gifts of exhortation, so encouraging people's hearts, um, a gift that encourages uh other people towards Christ. Uh, also in Romans, we hear about a gift of mercy. Uh, that's a heart that suffers with people. So people who are sick or who are suffering emotionally or physically, that's a heart that comes alongside and joins them heart to heart, suffers alongside of them. So these are all mm. examples, ways that I think the Holy Spirit works through the heart. So once again, uh, I, I think we see examples of this in Scripture. So Abraham. Abraham is uh, specifically pointed out to us as someone who trusts the Lord and exercises uh, great faith. Um, you know, thinking about like Genesis, uh, is it 32? I can't remember off the top of my head. And the sacrifice of Isaac and the way mm-hmm. that Abraham trusts the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, or we think about like the prophets who are gifted in exhortation uh, and exhorting uh, people towards the Lord. So there's scriptural examples. Uh, I, I can think of examples of people today in my life. Um, so my, I, I would say that my wife, Holly Haves, man, does she have the gift of faith, which is just an incredible gift to me for my anxious heart. Uh, I think back to when we were coming 
to Shades, when we were going through the process of uh, trying to figure out where the Lord was leading us, I was talking to a lot of different churches, and I was just in this, I was a basket case. Just I knew every church was going to tell me no. I was going to be jobless uh, and have to move back into my parents' house with a wife and two children. Like I knew that's what was going to happen. And my wife is just over there like, Jonathan, trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Just a calming presence. She fully trusted in God, which didn't even necessarily mean she thought, oh, you're going to be a shoe in and get a job. But like, even if we don't get a job, trust the Lord. Like he has us. Um, and yeah, just a, a calming presence. Or I think about the gift of mercy. Uh, my father uh, is incredibly gifted to come alongside of people who are suffering. Uh, I asked him one time uh, how many funerals he had done and he said that he quit counting after 300. Um, and, and, but, but he was just gifted in that, like walking into situations where people were hurting, bringing the comfort of Christ to bear on their hearts, you know? Um, mm. So yeah. So just wanting to throw that out as another category of thinking about how the Holy Spirit might be gifting. You don't have to be able to label it as mercy or as a gift of faith or what have not, but has the Lord given you a heart that comes alongside and connects with others in ways that ministers to to their heart? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys want to offer any thoughts or current examples. Uh, Brad, I know you diving more and more into the world of counseling. Like I would think that it would be a pretty common gift um, to see amongst a counselor as being able to connect with someone on a heart level and help them explore what they're feeling and their emotions and understand themselves better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, well, one of the things I was thinking, not to go away from that point that you just made. No, no, exactly it's fine. Right. It's fine. Go wherever. I was thinking, I don't know why I had this thought. This probably isn't great. I was like, gosh, there are some counselors that can't do that. How did, <laughs> how did, they, get into, how did they get into counseling? But um, one of the things I was thinking is I think we can – in our current culture with the emphasis on social media and blogs and Twitter statements and news articles, I think we can sometimes elevate the intellect and the mind and negate some of these things in the local church that you've talked about, Jonathan. So like we think if I can't make, a flawless argument in response to X, Y, or Z, or if I can't perfectly explain my faith or a criticism of my faith or why I believe X, Y, and Z, then that must mean that I'm an immature believer and that I have nothing to offer to others. And the only people that can are those that do have those gifts, right? And so I think as you were uh, walking through these various ways that the Spirit gifts I mean, so many people from Shades were coming to mind. Mm. And it just made me think about how important kind of an embodied gathering is to experience that. Yeah, yeah for sure. So, I mean, I I just talked about uh, Alan Noble and his book. And his thoughts have been very helpful to me. And I get to know him a little bit through his books. But I don't know day in and day out. Mm what his faith looks like, yeah. right? <laughs> and I don't say that negatively just because the nature of the beast, mm. but there are so many people at Shades that I can talk about the faith that they have. Mm. And it's it's in various experiences that'll come up, whether that's concerns about 
money and are we going to meet budget, whether that's suffering that people are going through or experiencing, whether that's various issues that come up within the body. But um, those are, are huge gifts to an anxious heart and yeah. gifts that I think like so, for example, to talk about me personally, I've, I've had some people talk about the gift of encouragement that they've seen in me. And that's something that I would never, I mean, that never came up on a spiritual gifts test. I think as a high schooler, I would have been mad if I would have gotten encouragement. I've been like, oh, encouragement and acts of service from the spiritual gifts test. No, you know, um, but uh, I'm like, wow, yeah, we really are in an age where we need encouragement and not kind of BS. Can I say BS? Yeah. BS encouragement that's just platitudes and uh, social niceties, but like a deep encouragement that's honest in which someone looks someone else in the eyes and says, this is what I see and this is what the Lord is doing. And so I'm trying to learn and and cultivate that. And I'm learning from other people at shades, but I can't just learn about that from a book. It has to be experienced. Yeah. Well, and I mean, dude, I've seen the gift of encouragement in your own life. Like just a few moments ago when you said that I I shamed you, I was about to say, no, you, (laughs) I was about to say, no, you haven't. (laughs) And that's how you do it. John Mark, you wait for the perfect setup. And you spiked the ball. He did it. That's right. You he, used, he used some wisdom, the gift of wisdom the wi- and gift timing. Of wisdom. Oh, yeah. man. When he started in on that, Sar- I was like, here it is, man. Here it is. Sarcasm. No, Sarcasm. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. But no, no but no, seriously. Point, um, but yeah, I mean, dude, when you were talking about um, just the embodied nature of the gifts, I, I thought, or just in everything you were talking about right there, two things came to mind. One, just how many ways the body metaphor in 1 Corinthians 12 applies. Mm-hmm. You know, because one of the things that I think is so important about this metaphor is that Paul is using it with a local church. Like, he's not talking about the body of Christ, the universal body of Christ, Christians everywhere. He's talking about the body of Christ at Corinth. And you guys are a body that is interconnected. He's talking about this embodied reality, the very thing that you're talking about, where they're connected to one another and they need to minister to one another for the good of the the whole, you know? And then the other thing, as you were talking about uh, how in our current culture, uh, gifts of like knowledge, wisdom, those kinds of things can get elevated. And these Mm -hmm. other things that we're talking about here, kind of in the category of gifts of the heart, can get downplayed. I was like, man, that's that's so true in every and it changes in every age, right? Mm-hmm. Cuz that's the very thing that's happening in 1 Corinthians 12 is certain gifts are getting elevated. Yes. You know, and others are getting downplayed, but it changes depending upon the cultural values of of your current moment and context, right? Exactly. And and so I just thought, man, that's just it's just so cool you talking about that and the fact that what Paul has to say right here is like uh, yeah, the gifts in your specific culture that you would deem as kind of less needed, like a gift of faith, yeah, that. Yeah. That's needed. That's important for the body yeah. right here and right now. Well, and it just made me think, I made the joke about people not listening to this podcast because we're not talking about prophecy. We're not talking about tongues, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, okay, I want to listen to a podcast on that, which I get. But at the same time, it's like, I, I'm not as interested in some of these other gifts being cultivated and what that would look like mm-hmm. and what that would look like to put some energy and thought behind that 
or to actively pray and seek out some of these gifts, mm. right? Or I'll listen to a podcast about teaching. That's really interesting to me. But then when it comes to some of these other gifts, um, whether that's faith, whether that's encouragement, whether that's a ministry of mercy, I'm less concerned about it. Yeah. And so even in my own heart, I think some things are being revealed as we talk about this in regards to level of importance and what's emphasized. And I think that's exactly what Paul's getting at here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's good. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. I, so, so if you're listening, you know, once again, it's not necessarily important for you to be able to label how the spirit has gifted you, put a specific name on it, but this can be a category of thought. If, as we talked about, like the spirit works through the mind, you're like sitting there going, Oh, that's not me at all. Well, here's another broad category. Do, do you see the spirit at work in you to connect with people on a heart level in a way that points them to Jesus? Do people call that out in you? You know, this can be a way that the spirit is manifesting himself in your life so that you point others to Jesus. Because here's the deal. Uh, we talk about the gift of faith. No one had faith like Jesus. Perfect trust in the Father. We talk about exhortation. Nobody exhorted like Jesus uh, we talk about mercy. Nobody had mercy like Jesus. So when the Holy Spirit empowers your heart to show these things, it's showing the world what Jesus looks like. It's pointing people towards Jesus. So mm-hmm. seeing the Holy Spirit uh, works through the mind, works through the heart. Uh, number three, works through the soul. So let me uh, read First Corinthians 12, verses 9 and 10. To another, faith by the same Spirit, which I read just a moment ago. Uh, To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. Uh, To another, prophecy. We're going to talk about that next week. Uh, Actually, two weeks from now. Uh, To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. So three specific things that uh, Paul lists right there. Healings, miracles, distinguishing between spirits. This is where I think we're seeing the Holy Spirit works through the soul. Our soul, our spirit, in other words, that that immaterial part of us, if you will. Um, our, our spirit could be burdened for the healing uh, of people. Um, we could also be convicted that we're to seek that healing, and we pray, and we see them healed. Um, or we could feel this type of burden with other kinds of, of miracles. One of the things that's important to, to point out right here as we talk about healings and miracles, um, right here in 1 Corinthians 12, um, the, the gifts of healings and miracles uh, are actually plural. Like in the Greek, uh, these are various gifts of healings and various gifts of of miracles. In other words, I think we may have talked about this last week a little bit. I don't remember specifically. Um, but in other words, I don't think this is like one gift for one person for all time that's meant to like always be quote unquote 100% effective. In other words, so if you're going to say somebody has the gift of healing, that means that they can go anywhere, anytime to any person who's sick and heal them. I don't think that's what's being talked about right here. I think there are various gifts gifts of healings, various kinds of healings. Um, the only person that's ever been able to heal at whim, anytime, anywhere, any place is Jesus. 
That's and, and Benny Hinn. The, to, to be fair. Oh my word, Brad. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Through a landmine. Paul, <laughs> the Apostle Paul, he heals on occasion. On other occasions, he recommends medicine. He does so to Timothy. Timothy's got stomach issues, and Paul's like, take a little wine. That's medicinal use of wine for your stomach. Sometimes he heals like Eutychus brings him back from the dead. Um, but then other times, uh, Paphroditus comes to visit Paul, gets so sick he almost dies, and Paul doesn't heal him. He gets better, but not because Paul did some kind of miraculous healing. In other words, so when we talk about gifts of healings and miracles, I think these are various kinds of healings that display themselves in various ways through people. Um, distinguishing of spirits, or sometimes called the gift of discernment, is like experiencing a disturbance in your soul or in your spirit about whether or not something comes from the Holy Spirit or from another source. So like you're listening to somebody teach and man, something is not sitting right. Um, maybe the Lord has gifted you with distinguishing between the source of that teaching. Um, as we talk about these kinds of gifts specifically, and like I said, we'll get into tongues and prophecy next week, but as we talk about things like miracles healings, discernment of spirits. There, there's a temptation to think of these things as more powerful because they can seem so intangible, right? The other gifts that we've talked about so far, like gifts of the mind, like, okay, I can see how that functions and works and kind of get my mind around that or, or gifts of the heart, you know, where people come along and suffer alongside of it. But these things, these things feel like super spiritual otherworldly right 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 yeah. it's just like intangible i mean i even called them gifts of the soul or of the of the spirit but it's important to recognize that all of the gifts are empowered by the same holy spirit and all of the gifts point to the same jesus like like these are all have the same source and they have the same aim so um, we see ways, examples in Scripture of the Holy Spirit working in these ways. We see healings through people like Peter. Um, we see mercy ministry uh, through like uh, the deacons, people like Stephen. Uh, we can see these things. Um, I just said mercy ministry. That was the previous category. Sorry. Uh, we see things like discernment of spirits. Um, Peter with Ananias and Sapphira. Um, if you don't know that story, you should look it up in Acts 5. It's wild. It's pretty wild, yeah. Wild ride. Uh, <laughs> Brad's had to preach that text a long time ago. That was the first sermon I preached. Was it really? At Shades? You're welcome. Oh, wow. It's like classic <laughs> Jonathan, you know? <laughs> Why is that classic Jonathan? What did I do? Just, you know, giving me the most intense Just thing. throwing you into like, the deep Go end. for it, man. And then it's like, what, you don't want to preach the Bible? And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, fine, I'll do it. Oh, man. But I can think of, like, uh, people today. Um, almost every Christian I know that you talk to has a healing story. Like, not necessarily of, of a way they were healed, but they know somebody oh, yeah. who was healed in a way that modern medicine cannot explain. I've shared this story before, and it's wild. Maybe maybe I'll – let me just share, share it real quick. My mom's best friend growing up, uh, she was born after her mother had a hysterectomy. Wow. 
like explain that. Like she went to the doctor and told the doctor, I, th- I think I'm pregnant. And the doctor said, you're not. I did your hysterectomy. Um, Absolutely. They insane. called it a hysterical pregnancy. Uh, they, and the doctor said, if, if you're pregnant, I will pay for your baby's birth. Uh, that lady didn't pay a dime in hospital bills. Um, wow. Maybe we can get her on. The, I'm going to ask my mom if we can get her, her friend on the podcast um, to tell that story. That'd be a fun series. Yeah, yeah, just a, mir- cr- a miracle story. A, mir- a miracles. We should podcast. do one. We should do a miracles <laughs> podcast. Just I, have different people. Yeah, I would love it. Um, but I yeah. mean, anyone that's been on a mission trip overseas, I mean, I feel like so often they'll mm-hmm. come back with stories about what a pastor told them is happening in the oh, village goodness. or what's happened in the community. Yeah, or they might have personal experiences. Yeah, it makes me think also if you're. If you want to read more about this, if you have a little skepticism towards this sort of thing, I mean, check out Craig Keener's two-volume, extremely academic work called Miracles, Miracles, where he goes through history (laughs) from the, you know, Old Testament, New Testament, uh, throughout the church into modern day to look at miracles and eyewitness testimony surrounding those miracles as evidence that... um, you know, there are things that science can't explain. Yeah. So anyway, check it out. Yeah. It's a fun read. So, yeah. So, I mean, this is another category of thinking about ways in which the Lord may be gifting you. Like, do you um, have a particular burden for people to be healed? Has the Lord gifted you in praying for people to be healed? Do you see? Often, the Lord answering those prayers. It, once again, I think it's important to recognize, like, being gifted in this way does not mean that you could just walk down to the hospital and just start touching people in their rooms and they're all healed. Peter couldn't do that. Paul couldn't do that. Yeah. Yet, I think all of us would look at Peter and Paul's experience of healings in Scripture and go, they clearly had gifts of healing, you know? Yep. Um. It's just like somebody with the gift of evangelism. It's it's not yeah, every person that. they share the gospel with becomes a believer in Jesus. Yep, exactly. But they're incredibly gifted in this way. So maybe you're gifted in praying for people for healing and these kinds of things. So, yeah, um, just thinking through, has the Lord given you a, uh, a burden in that? Or maybe you uh, are really gifted in discerning when there are wolves amongst the sheep you get a really good sense of when someone is trying to purposefully mislead other people. The Lord has given you these kinds of, these are all ways that the Spirit could be at work. So this is just another category of thinking about how the Spirit might be showing up in your life. Ways that you can point people to Jesus because no one healed like Jesus. No one did miracles like Jesus. No Mm -hmm. one could see through the works of the enemy and banish him like Mm -hmm. Jesus. So when the Holy Spirit works his power through us in this kind of way, it's pointing people to Jesus. All right, finally, Holy Spirit doesn't just work through the mind, the heart, and the soul, but also through the hands. I wanted to say strength to keep my rubric going right here. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. But you didn't. I didn't because it's not our strength. 
it's the Holy Spirit's strength. Ah. So he works his is. strength through through our hands. First Corinthians 12 and verse 28. And God appointed uh, in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. So two things right here I want to draw out because we've already talked about several of these and some we're going to talk about in future weeks. So two things, helping and administrating, he mentions. So here we see the Holy Spirit works through hands. All right, so helping, we help, we serve with our hands, literally through different kinds of assistance or administration. We may be gifted to organize and to lead, um, to to use our hands to steer the ship, as it as it were. Uh, Romans twelve also mentions gifts of contributing or giving. So, like there are people who are gifted with the ability to generate wealth through the work of one's hands and to keep open those hands by giving generously to those who are in in need. So the Holy Spirit empowers the work of our hands, serving, leading, giving to giving to to strengthen the faith of of others. So we see this in scripture. So I think about like uh, Timothy. Timothy was an incredibly uh, young man gifted to lead. He starts leading the church in Ephesus. Um I think about the women in Jesus's ministry, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Susanna, others. They, they literally gave financial support uh, for the work of Jesus's ministry. Uh, it was incredibly odd to find independently wealthy ladies in the first century uh, and much less uh, to have open hands with that, you know, because this would have been for uh, a a woman, if they were single or, or a widow or whatever, they would have been their source of security. Mm-hmm. Um, and so open-handed with that. I mean, just incredible gifting there. I, I can think of people um, today. So I, I won't say this person by name because they would, uh, they would kill me. Um, but I could not have attended seminary were it not for an incredibly generous family um, who the Lord has gifted in his work to be successful and he and his family are incredibly open-handed mm. with that. And I, I wouldn't have gone to seminary. I wouldn't have been in Birmingham. I wouldn't be at Shades. Jonathan, I was glad to do it. I really <laughs> was. <laughs> or when I think yeah, about you're exactly right. Or when I think about gifts of administration, um, this is something that I believe the Lord has grown all three of us in, in this room. And we talk about the Lord giving and growing people. In, in spiritual gifts, you know? Um, I don't think any of us in this room would be like, yeah, administration, the ability to organize and lead, that's our natural area of strength. Um, yet when you work at a smaller church, you got to pray, Lord, gift me in this, or, or you know, uh, there's going to be a lot of dropped balls all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is something that we would probably all, even if we wouldn't individually look at ourselves, and say we've grown in this, I think each of us would look at the other two and be like, I've seen you grow in this. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, I don't know if y'all have any examples or people come to mind of of this kind of thing, people gifted to serve through their hands. Well, I thought you gave great examples. And one of the things that's just coming to mind for me is the fact that, especially in in the gathering of the people of God for worship, we need to have a humility because we really don't know what God's going to do. 
And to assume that we know how the Spirit's going to work and move, and to assume that we know how the Spirit's going to work and move through us is very presumptuous. Mm. We do not control and dictate when and how and where the Spirit moves. And so, you know, one of the things that's coming to mind is is there have been times, and this is to go to a different category, but there are people at Shades that I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say, man, that person's really encouraging. Like, every time I'm around that person, I just feel so encouraged. But yet there are times where they will come up and say something that's so encouragement and it ministers to my soul right in a supernatural way rather than just a you know a thanks or what have you and so the spirit that sunday empowered that person with encouragement to glorify christ and so i mean when we think about it in that way or in regards to service you know like you may not think, oh, I'm not great with my hands or, oh, I'm not naturally doing good deeds. But you never know when an opportunity is going to rise. Maybe you don't have a ton of money, but maybe there is a Sunday morning where you see it in need and you see that God is calling you to give sacrificially. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I, I think for me, you know, in the age of live stream and in the age of Sunday morning simply becoming just an information exchange or a worship experience because the band was really good. I think this type of expectation and unpredictability of the spirit is really needs to be recovered in our hearts so that we know that it matters when we show up and we, we uh, lean on God and ask him to move and work each Sunday, not knowing what he's going to do. So that came to mind. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, because I think, I think we often limit the way we think about, spiritual gifts and spiritual and the spirit working in and through our lives. So to have a spiritual gift means I have a singular gifting that overwhelmingly characterizes how the spirit works in my life all the time. Yep. All right. And it can be true. Yes. Absolutely. You can have someone who's particularly gifted in teaching and whatever. And it is a way that the spirit shows up in their life consistently. But I think we do just like you were saying, Brad have to broaden the way we think to be like, man, the spirit can show up in our lives in individual situations uh, in incredible ways. And maybe that's the only time that ever happens. So thinking about, okay, I don't think I've got the gift of like uh, miracles or mm-hmm. these kinds of things, but does that mean the Holy spirit can't show up and work through yep. me in a particular situation? Um, exactly. To, to pray for healing and someone's healed, you know? And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I, and, and I hope, that is what this overarching approach uh, today is communicating. Yeah. You know, that there are kind of these broad categories that are given to us to just open up a vista in front of us of thinking like, okay, uh, Jonathan talked about this broad category of the Holy Spirit can work through the mind. And that doesn't mean I have to be able to label it as a gift of knowledge or a gift of wisdom, but what are the crazy number of ways possible that maybe I see the spirit showing up in that Mm -hmm. way. That's what these lists, these examples are meant to do. Uh, Not to limit you, but to inspire you to dream and get curious about the way the spirit might be showing up in and through you to point other people to Jesus. Because, I mean, just to bring this last one to a close here, this gift that the Spirit does working through people's hands, leading, administrating, helping. No one led or leads like Jesus. No one gave like Jesus gives. 
He gave his life. You know, all of the spiritual gifts are ways that when the Holy Spirit shows up in our lives in those ways, he's showing people what Jesus looks like. Because Jesus is the one who ultimately displays all of these things in their in their fullness. Uh, this this is this is what I'd like to to close with. The way I'd sum that up: the gospel is on both sides of spiritual gifts. So, in other words, because of the gospel, we've been given everything. We've been given righteousness through Christ. We've been given the Holy Spirit, who gives us spiritual gifts. So because of the gospel, that's the reason we've received the Spirit and he gifts us. And we use those gifts to point people to Jesus. The ultimate source of wisdom, knowledge, mercy, healing, salvation. We, we use spiritual gifts to point people to the gospel. The gospel is the reason we have the gifts, and it's what we're pointing people to with the gifts. The gospel is on both sides of spiritual gifts. So what I would encourage uh people to do is just simply ask, like, how does the Spirit display his power in my life? How has he empowered me to point people to the gospel, to Jesus? And, and I hope these examples from Scripture um, are just helpful ways in seeing what this might look like in in your own life. But but here's the deal. if This won't be helpful if you're not willing to wrestle with this question. You've, you've, you've got to be willing to, to ask and to kind of wrestle with how has the Spirit empowered me to point people to the gospel of Jesus? Um, ask other people in your life. This connects back to what we talked about last week about how to discover your how the Spirit works in your life. Like ask the church that surrounds you. How do you see the Spirit at work empowering me to point people to Jesus? Don't be concerned with trying to figure out the name of your gift or anything. Be concerned about pointing people to Jesus. You know, don't be concerned about naming the gift the Spirit has given to you. Be concerned about giving that gift through you to the church for the, the good of the body. All right, that's all I got. Examples of spiritual gifts trying to help people think through how the Spirit shows up in their life. Any closing thoughts, questions, objections, refutations? Encouragements from Brad the Encourager? thought you did a great job, Jonathan. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think I feel just, like that comment was slightly shaming me. Well, that's your problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I think that's just such a good word to end on is this idea of coming before God and asking him to reveal to you the ways that he's gifted and also asking him to empower you by his spirit so that you may build up the body. And what a shift in perspective as we talk about so often, but in being in such a consumeristic age and in being in an age that shows up and says, what do you have for me, church? To show up on Sunday morning, as so many have modeled for me at Shades, and to ask, Lord, how would you have me serve you this morning? And to seek the gifts of the Spirit, right? To, be, to begin worship and to begin gathering, saying, Holy Spirit, empower me, to bring life and to glorify Jesus in everything that I do, and then to live in the expectation of that, man, I mean, that is a different Sunday morning experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wonder that if we do that, we will in turn find ourselves being fed. Uh, 
and built up. I was about to say the great irony of what you're saying is that is how we receive. Yep. Like it is so a spiritual gift is something that you receive from the spirit in order to give it away. It's it's you're receiving in the in the giving. If, if I might put it this way, um, and we talk about this reality all the time. Um, when I move to serve somebody else with a spiritual gift, I'm doing it in the power that God is providing. So I'm receiving. I'm receiving Holy Spirit power. I'm receiving God's work in my life. I'm, re- I'm always, always on the receiving end. A spiritual gift is not when we say, it's, it's not like this. It's not like God saved you, so show up on Sunday morning to pay God back, you know, by serving people, mm-hmm. you know. No, God saved you, and when you show up on Sunday morning, he keeps giving to you so that you may serve other people, and he's He's the one doing that through you. You're not paying God back. You're going deeper in debt. You know, we're always on the receiving end, mm-hmm. um, which is why it's more blessed to give than to receive. So, anyway, yeah, I think that's exactly, exactly right. All right, gentlemen. Well, the real fun starts next week. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yes. Yeah, so tongues next week, is that what's going on? Yeah. All, all your questions answered. All of it. Well, here's the deal. It, this was an encouraging conversation, incredibly enlightening, and um, I, I, for one, enjoyed it very much. I hope you did as well. And if you're listening right now and you have further questions, if you have questions that you would like to ask about tongues and or prophecy, because we're going to hit these topics the next two weeks, you have some time to get those in. You just need to email midweek at shadesvalley.org. Now, it's, we're, our feelings will not be hurt if you don't ask us any questions because I know that Jonathan will, will cover uh, probably a lot of what you would may ask anyways. But please write in. We would love to engage and answer any of those questions. And you know, it, it could be something that maybe we weren't going to cover that gives us an opportunity to talk about it. So do that midweek at shadesvalley.org. We love hear from you all why is that brad why do we love to hear from the shades midweek audience he's pointing back to me and then he grabbed the mic then he took it away i'm just going to keep narrating because you're part of the conversation that you are thank you so much for listening